Hallelujah. So um, I, I have a, a message that I wanted to try and communicate to you. And I, 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 I say try because I don't want it just to be information and words. Um, last, last week I, I gave um, a lot, a big chunky message, and that was very intentional. And if you listened to last week, you probably had to listen to it a few times to, to get it out because it had, it had big nodes uh, of, of connections. And what I saw in my mind's eye was like a net. You know how a net has got all these little knots in it, right? Somebody said, how do you make a net? Well, you take a bunch of holes and you sew them all together. That's how you make a net. You know, but, but really, but a net, a net has got those little knots that, that, that all, gen- and, I, and what I saw is that when sometimes we need to take a step back, and I, and I have a habit of doing this in my life because I feel that there's a, there's a place for us to burrow down and get close and tackle in and chew, chew down on a topic, but then sometimes you have to just take a step or two back and see context. Um, you've got to see it in, a, in, in the scope of a, of a broader range. And, and that's really what I did last week because we were talking about the topic of prayer and, and meditation and you know, how prayer is a, just a communication, but that is such a, 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 big, a big topic. And, and so we were talking about assimilation, see, all these kind of topics that I just wanted you to give an, an overview. So if you haven't watched or listened to uh, last week, I encourage you to, to get that sort of step back of what we do because our Wednesday night service our overflow service Wednesday nights at 6.30 is a prayer and meditation service and we've been teaching we've started teaching on, on prayer because prayer is not what we often think it is Prayer, prayer and meditation is something that, we, that is such a, a vital part of a Christian's life it's really kind of like breathing learning how to pray it's not it's not a, a it's not because you ought to it's not because you try and get to, to 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 manipulate god into giving you something true prayer is is a pleasure and it's an invitation into a fellowship with your father and and so there's a lot to unpack in that and and simply because it takes it will take a while we we do is using two set workbooks that i've told you about andrew womack's uh, it's a better way to pray and dr jim richard's book uh, or, or the prayer organizer, which is just a tool. It's, it's just a tool where he's got some excellent teaching and things like that. Now, not everybody I know can come Wednesday nights. I just don't know how else we can better use a Wednesday night and then practically do sort of a prayer and med- meditation uh, practice time. So that's on Wednesday nights at, at 6.30. But, but um, so in context with where, where we're going from, from that, because I, I told you a couple of weeks ago, you know, love the love of God is such an incredible foundation and we absolutely always need to know that our piles the, the, the piles and poles of our foundation have to go through right on the, the deep deep foundation of God's love we have to be rooted and grounded in the knowledge of God's love because when you're not when that is not your first and primary foundation the storms of life come and we will immediately say things like this I don't know why God's allowing that in my life questions like that or statements I, I don't know why God allowed that in my life or we're still God did this in my life or or we, we, we have this other thing as I said we, we like to blame God or the devil and, and I've spoken about that a few times but but even in me saying that I want you to know something because when you hear me make statements like you know it's it's up to us and it's for us to 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 allow the you know our heart we are we are the responsible nurturer of the seed of word of god it's up to our it's our responsibility to hear the seed of god's word and to nurture it in our hearts but you can hear me make a statement like that and if you're not grounded in the love of god and you're not understanding his grace you, you can almost think, well, I'm disqualified. I, I don't qualify for that because, and I, I want to tell you unequivocally, that is not true. You are loved and you are qualified. In fact, I love, I love that scripture that says in Colossians 1, it says, verse 12, it says, giving thanks to the Father. Man, I love when I see the word Father because I just think of hugs. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has qualified you. Now, if you're, when, you, when you get your heart, when, when, you've, when you've grasped the, the, the practicality of prayer and meditation, you know that Scripture can bring an emotional response? Just Most people have a negative response to some Scriptures because of, of, of past background or what they've been taught. But, 
But you, I, I want you to know that God has got nothing but positive for you. And, and, and with, with using the tool of prayer and meditation in the positive way that it's supposed to be used, you can read something like that and, and like, oh, I have a positive response to that. It feels, it feels like a nice hug. Because you know what? He has qualified you. He is the one that's qualified you. You don't qualify for his love. You do not qualify. I don't qualify for the promises of God by anything we do. When we talk about prayer and meditation, all that is is the, the place where we are persuading and adapting to a truth that he has set in place. Amen? We're going to touch a little bit about that. But it's very important to understand that we are the ones that use the tools of prayer and meditation and fellowship with God to adjust our thinking and our belief system to adapt to his way of thinking. But we, so often we see prayer as, okay, here I am, and I've got to beseech God, wherever he is, out there, and then he has got to give me stuff. And that is such an old, religious, incorrect, demonic, if you will, idea of God. Because that is so counter everything the New Testament teaches. He is not out there, and he doesn't give you stuff. But that's what we have been taught about prayer. And if you, the, the sad thing is that is, if you see prayer that way, you won't get your prayers answered. It'll be hit and miss. It'll be like rolling, because you're trying to get God to do something he's already done. You know, so anyhow, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but you're qualified. You are qualified. Nothing that you do can disqualify you from the promises because Jesus has become a curse for us, according to Galatians 3.13. And every promise is yes and amen in Christ, according to 1 Corinthians, what is it, 2 Corinthians 1.20, that every promise is yes and amen in him. You, we've been, he has given us, he, we are accepted in the beloved, Ephesians 1 verse 6. And so these scriptures, I can, I, I, yes, I can tout them or I can flow and I can talk about them. But you know, the only reason wasn't because I went to Bible school, because I promise you, those scriptures I didn't get from Bible school. I got those scriptures because I chewed on them and soaked in them and soaked some more in them and then soaked some more in them and let God speak to me and get the Holy Spirit fellowship with me around them until I, had an, I have a warm response to those scriptures. Those truths have changed my mind and give me an emotional response to those scriptures, a positive response to those scriptures. And that is, I am the one, you're the one, we each are the one that have to, we're all in a different place. There's no condemnation here. There is no you, you realize that, right? There's no pastor or cardinal or bishop or anybody that's higher than, than Jesus. And, and, and we're, we, we're on the, we've been given a co-inheritance. So it's not a positional thing with God. But wherever we are in our Christian walk, if we want to experience more and come up, like I've been saying the last week, Jesus is always going to be the one that's going to be in, in calling us up into another step, if we will. And, and so there's going, he's going to be always, no matter where you are, no matter how far, no matter what you've done or how you've failed at whatever, you, you, you may feel like you've kicked him to the curb. You may feel like, oh, well, I've sinned. And, 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 and you're going to like, oh, God, God won't accept. No, I'm telling you, he's always there. He's always reaching out. His mercies are new every morning. Um, and by the way, that's every moment. That's not necessary. Oh, I've got to wait another 23 hours and 16 minutes till my next morning. No, his mercies are always new. You can always approach the throne of grace. He's always ready there for you. And man, what a God we serve. This is so much better than religion. So much better than religion, right? Um, so anyhow, this, this scripture um, passage I want to read to you is from Colossians. And um, um, the, the title of my message is The Mystery, um, and this is a, 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 it is a mystery, and it puzzled me for a while, but I, I'm seeing some things, and I'm hoping that you can grasp and capture the heart of what this, what, where I think that God's got something fresh for us. Well, do you, do you, are you, is your heart ready for something, something? You're, you're ready to, to receive something from the Lord, not from me, but from the Lord, but Colossians 1.24, he says this, 
um, Paul writing to the, to the Colossians, and he says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. Man, that's a powerful statement. The mystery, sorry, verse 20, I'm just going to camp on 26 a second. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. By the way, you're a saint. If you're a believer, you're a saint. You don't have to wait for the Pope to, what do they call it again? I can't canonize thank you you don't have to wait for the for the pope to canonize you if you're a believer you're a saint so yes that is your title you can call yourself saint whoever if you want if you're a believer but now revealed to his saints to them the saints god has chosen or god chose to make known how great among the gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery which is christ in you the hope of glory man that is a powerful 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 statement um, I, I'm going to skip down just to a couple nuggets because in verse 29 he says I'm toiling for this so that I'm struggling with all his energy it's in verse 29 of that he says I'm for this I toil struggling with all whose energy his energy he says that he powerfully works within me and then in chapter 2, remember chapter and verse man put in in like the 1400s. The scripture was never written in chapter and verse. So somebody, some man decided he thinks this is cool to put numbers because it's easier to find a scripture and that makes sense. But, um, but, it, but often we read in chapter and verse thinking and, oh, did you know this is the middle of the Bible? Because, listen, there wasn't scripture in verse when it was written. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea, for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding. Man, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery. He's saying again, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, we're going to unpack this a little bit. Now, we've got to talk about the word glory for a little bit. Because the word glory is a, depending on what study word, it's a, a doxa is the Greek word. You've probably heard that before many places. But the word glory has, is used in a lot of contexts in scripture. It can be shining. It can be brightness. It can be uh, the strength of a person. It can be um, their, their, their good attributes. It's, it, if you go and look up in different um, uh, Bible dictionaries and, and concordances, some of them go through pages and pages of this word. It is a very, it, it's a very deep word um, in, in many aspects. So, so lest you think that the, just the word glory just means kind of shininess. Oh, there's a glow in the you know oh it's glory no it's not just a it's just not a shiny experience or or but it can have that it's it's got that that aspect of here but here it's it well it's got that aspect in many parts in scriptures but but here where it's talking about glory there's this there's this 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 understanding of the word that we've got to understand here and that is there it is God's view and opinion and God's view and opinion just so that you know is different from our view and opinion right God's way of seeing the world you do not see and I let me put it that way I do not see everything the way God sees everything so glory speaks about God's view and opinion which is true reality God's view and opinion which is reality so understanding that this is one of the meanings of the word glory so here he is now he's talking about glory so I want you just to just to remember that 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 so that, that part of the definition of God's glory is his view and opinion. Okay? Good. So now I'm going to go back to verse 27 of chapter 1. To them God chose, uh, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, we've defined the word hope here many times. 
um, in the New Testament word for the word hope is a confident expectation of good things. Hope is not, well, I kind of hope so. Don't know if it's going to happen or not. It is a confident expectation of good things. When you are confidently expecting your Amazon parcel to arrive, you, you know, or, or your favorite uncle, aunt, child, mom, dad, whatever it is, if you're confidently expecting them, they're going to be turning around the corner and they're coming over here, whatever the case is. There's a confident expectation of good things. That is the word hope. And hope is a, a powerful entity. But I, I, just, just to give you these definitions, just so that we can, we can really get, we can burrow into this. But it's, it's, again, it's a mystery that has now been revealed. Okay, so it's no longer a mystery but it's now open to you and to me, the saints, right? That's what we're reading over here. And then in verse 4, it goes on, I'm sorry, in chapter 4, he, he goes on to say that, it, it, that which, what is this mystery, which is Christ, the anointed one, the word Christ. Listen, that's another thing we need to touch on. Christ doesn't mean Jesus' last name. Christ is the anointed one, the one that has been anointed. The one that is filled with the Holy Spirit. It, it was a description of Jesus, the one that was filled with the Holy Spirit of God. The same Spirit that you and I have been given, by the way. Okay? So, which is Christ. This is, this is the mystery. God's mystery. He doesn't mention the word Jesus, which is Christ, the anointed one he's talking about here. In whom, in whom, say in whom. Where are they? In Christ. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, words can be so misunderstood because we, so we have to unpack a few of these things. I hope you, you're following with me, right? Because God's wisdom is there to give you practical um, help in your moment of need, your time of need. God's wisdom for you right now will be different to you in a similar situation 20 years from now. God's wisdom is not a formula. God's wisdom is not a, a religious concept. God's wisdom and, and all of these things are for you and I to have an actual practical help right now in our life. When, we, when the Bible talks about the gift of a word of wisdom, man, that's a powerful gift because it's something that you can use right now. I mean, if one of you had an issue with your child or an issue with your job and you're stressed out about a job, your job situation right now, and you just don't know, you're perplexed, you're stressing, your heart rate is elevated, you're stressing about this because you don't know where this is going to happen, you know that a word of wisdom can say, hey, Shannon or Steve or Lisa, or, you know what you need? The Lord says this. And it can, it's like, ah. Oh, a, 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 a perfect solution that is God-given that can find exactly what you need in the moment. It's not just a formula. Okay, so the, the, I'm trying to distinguish between a little bit of knowledge and wisdom there. But, but here's what I'm saying here. This, this is what he says Christ, going back to chapter 1, I mean of this one, chapter 1 verse 27. Listen carefully. Christ, the anointed one in you, the hope of glory. We we speak about we speak about the body of Christ, and we and 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 we are you and I sitting here. We are part of a local body right now. We are part of Lake Haven, the body, the body of Christ. We, you and I are a part of the body, and and we and and that is there is a lot of scripture that we can unpack and the truth of that. But there is this paradox on let's take a look the other side of the coin the other side of the coin is that you are filled with Christ and that's what we're unpacking here today this is the mystery that you are filled with Jesus now you can rush off to this ditch if you looked at this side of the coin and say well I'm filled with Jesus I don't need anybody else right? That's not true because there's a lot of other scripture that you have to read in context that says, well, you're a part of the body and there's a body of many parts and each joint supplies. That's the other side of the coin, right? And, but you can also stay on this side of the coin that says, 
well, I'm just a little old part of the body and I just insignificant because I can't do anything. You know, sister so-and-so is the, the evangelist and brother so-and-so can do this and brother does, but I'm just this little insignificant part. That is a ditch that you're camping out too far on this side. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm telling you, guys, if you grasp, we're going to unpack this a little bit, just for a few minutes. But if you grasp some of this, it will radically transform your life. Okay, are you ready? Okay. Okay, pra praise God. Okay, so, um, yeah, I'm not going to go there right now. We're going to go through some scriptures, but I want you to just to, to hear this. Um, in John 17, verse 20, um, I do not ask for these, Jesus' prayer for the disciples. He says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now listen to verse 22. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. And then in verse 23, look at this. I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me that's a powerful powerful truth okay now i i want to drop down to verse 26 i made known to them your name and will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me jesus praying to the father the love that you have loved me may be in them and i in them I in them I in them now John 14 go back a couple chapters John 14 verse 7 even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you verse 20 in that day you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you I, I, I'm just making this very solid concrete. Jesus is saying, I'm going to dwell in them and I'm going to be in you. Where? Up in heaven past Sagittarius or some other star, you know? No. I in them. Okay, so let's carry on reading. In, in John chapter 15, the next chapter, verse 4, and he's talking about the vine. He says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself... Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am, in the, I am the vine, you are the brancher. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You want to know why we're living powerless lives? Not because we don't have Jesus in us. Every one of us who have been, we have Jesus in us, we just don't know it. We just, we just haven't realized Part of these truths now this one's from the living bible romans 5 10 says it nicely in the living bible it says and since we were his enemies we were brought back to god by the death of his son what blessings he must have for us now that we are his friends and he is living within us living within us ephesians 3 17 so that christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted in God. But do you see the point I'm making here? I'm making it abundantly clear. That Christ may dwell where? In our hearts. Through faith. Verse 20, uh, chapter 2, verse 22. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place. Into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Now we've dealt with this when we talk about holy uh, overflow. He talks about us being a dwelling place. We could go and look at the Old Testament and the whole imagery of the tabernacle. Remember, there was the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy Holy of Holies was the center place where, where God actually dwelt. He, that's how God had to operate in that covenant. Until Jesus came and that, 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 that uh, when Jesus came and died and that whole thing and the, the, the veil was torn from top to bottom in the temple, God literally had to, was limited in the earth. 
But here, the, that, that imagery of the Holy of Holies, guess where that is today? In our hearts. So, guess where we fellowship with God? Guess where we meet with God? Okay, so, so 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Uh, the second part of it here. Look at this. Examine yourselves to see whether you're on the face. Test yourselves. Look at the second part. Or do you not realize, question here, this is about yourselves, that Christ is, that we don't have the rest of that one, that Christ is in you. There you go. Unless you first meet the test. He's talking about, don't you realize that Christ is in you? Christ is in you. First John 4, 4. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is, finish it guys, in you is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified. I know you've heard these scriptures before, but I'm piling them up on here. I have been crucified with Christ. No longer, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and then he says you are the temple where have I got that I skipped a verse didn't I he says he says um, you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells oh yeah here it is first Corinthians 3 verse 16 sorry do you not know that you are God's temple guys just brew in this for a second you are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in you um, then 1st Corinthians 6 verse 19 or do you not know this is actually it sounds very similar right but it's actually a different part of it's three chapters later do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you don't disconnect with me I know I know I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm stay with me here the Holy Spirit, your body, your flesh, this oxygen-sucking dust bag, what, I don't know what you want to know, your earth suit, the t this, temp this is the temporary piece. This is the temple. This is the temple of the Spirit of God. He dwells, which if you go and study the word dwells, it's to snuggle in, it's to settle down, it's to make your home. This is an important concept. You'll, you'll, we'll just stick with it. You see, we have so left this concept behind. We've so spiritualized these concepts that we, we have turned prayer into that God to-do list thing. We have said, God... Here, poor old me is, you're out there, won't you go? And we give him a shopping list of stuff to do. Except, where is God? Guess who he sends. Guess who he has entrusted with the gospel. You and me. I mean, look at your hands. I mean, literally, physically, look at your hands. If these are Jesus' hands in the world, if you don't go, Jesus don't go. Because Jesus is in you. If you don't speak, Jesus don't speak. Because you're his voice in the earth. This is the mystery. Christ in you is the hope of glory. You want to know why the world can have hope? Because Jesus multiplied himself. Jesus 
if we will let him dwell in us, if we will allow him, to, we will say, Lord, yes, I will be, I will go, I will do, I will go. You see, then all those scriptures start falling together. Like, don't you know that we are ambassadors for him? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to show up. And I, I know we can be crude and crass about it, but you can say, yeah, I'm Jesus' ambassador. I'm showing up on the scene. I'm Jesus' ambassador. How can I help you? If somebody wants to pray to God, okay, you will, you will take this totally out of context. But if somebody could say, yes, I'll hear your prayer. What's it? Okay, now I know some people will leave the church because of that. Right? No, but the point is, the point is I'm just trying to say, do, do you understand that God is not out there? Now, Shannon, you're saying that you are the same as God. No, 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 no. We worship him. We serve him. But you understand that Christians are like we're supposed to be as believers. We're, we're the ones left with the job. And we, I, I can give you, I, I've got so many scriptures here, people. Do you know that we're the ones entrusted with the gospel? First Thessalonians, how about this? First Thessalonians 2 verse 4. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, to, but to please God. Who's been trusted with the gospel? We have. So if you don't go, it, the gospel don't go. If you, don't, you and I don't realize that it is, it is up to me, but you see we've got this old mental, religious thing that has stolen this concept from us and sucked the power out of the church because you don't know that you're it. You and I don't know that we're it. And because we don't know that we're it, we're saying, oh, well, Shannon, you're it. You, and, and I'm not even it, dude, you know. We're it. We're, we're, we've, been, we've been, how about this? First Timothy chapter 1, verse 11. In accordance with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God of which I have been entrusted. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. But he's been, we've been entrusted. Here, um, Paul writing to Timothy. This, so this gospel has been entrusted to us. So I've said this before, and, and I, I read it from T.L. Osborne, when he says, people are wasting a lot of time praying. Here we go back to the word prayer. Because two things. They're asking him to do what he's already done. This is T.L. Osborne. They're asking God to do what he's already done. Or they're asking God to do what they're supposed to do. But you know, most of the religious church has spending all, all their time praying, God, please won't you, rather than confessing and getting hearts persuaded in what God has given us. And that is, again, that big topic that we can camp out with for a while. But you, you it's actually kind of, it's, it's kind of a, a slap in the face of Jesus. When he gives us something and he does this and he's given us and then we say, oh God, please won't you. I'm going to make it very practical. <laughs> Do you know when the Bible talks about confession of sin, it's, it's, there is a, there's a, only one scripture that talks about it in 1 John and it talks about agreeing with something, making us say, you know that you can't ask God for forgiving your sins as a Christian okay sorry I'm going to blow that one again once you have been born again you can't go to Jesus and say Jesus please won't you forgive me he's going to say what of what why because we are the righteousness of God in him he has taken the punishment for all the sins and not only ours but the sin of the world so I know it sounds very nice. I'm being real practical here, guys. It's, it sounds really nice to go, oh, Jesus, please won't you forgive me. But, but what you're telling your heart right then is, I wasn't forgiven until I asked. Or you didn't feel forgiven because of your conscience. And so you said, man, I've got to go and ask God for forgiveness. 
because you haven't believed the scripture that says he has taken my sin and the sin of the world so what do you do Shannon what are you saying it's are you playing with semantics no 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 no. I'm playing with truth here the truth is that Jesus took the sin of the world on his the truth is that the punishment for all my sin and all the sin of the world was paid for by Jesus so when I I'm not saying that I don't have a I, I don't I can't have an issue with sin in my life but I'm talking about I can I can let sin take rule rampant and it can mess me up totally it can screw up my life it can mess up my friends lives it can kill my kids it can get all out of hand but I can't go and get forgiveness from God tomorrow that's what I'm saying what I can say is I can come to the throne of grace and mercy in accordance with scripture and I can say thank you Jesus for your righteousness thank you that by your blood I am healed or I was set free and I was delivered thank you is that a prayer yes but there's a big difference between saying thank you for what you have given me versus please God won't you give me some forgiveness do you understand are you are you tracking with me and just as we have received this so we walk in him it is actually the same for healing if you're going to God and asking him for to be healed exactly all of these truths all of these truths are in scripture and, and that's why we have healing university here happening five o'clock healing university I mean you can get established in these truths and that's what we need to do people that's what prayer and meditation in scripture is all about it's persuading my heart of the truth it's me hugging God and saying I'm conforming to your image it's me that's adapting to his truth and saying I'm going to renew my mind to who I am I'm going to remind I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm not but you see I know I listen I know we've been dyed in the wool in religion people We've been dyed in the world, particularly in America and the Bible Belt, wherever we are. We've been told that you don't have, you don't have until. Until you give your tithe and pay your check, you won't be blessed. Until you, God's not going to heal you. Until you, until, and so we have this little carrot that's fastened to our head out here. Can you, Matt, can you see the carrot? Sorry, sir. You've got the carrot that you... The problem is, just like the proverbial carrot, you're never going to get there. Christ in you. The Holy Spirit, you see, the Holy Spirit is not an agent that you dispatch to do your will going to say it again the Holy Spirit is not your agent to dispatch to do your will we don't we don't give him missions to do in life he has given us his vision his mission his cause we are the ones that fulfill his cause with the tools that he has given us but if we sit on the sidelines waiting for God, there we die. Waiting for God. One day, one day God's going to heal me. One day God's going to give me a calling. One day God's going to tell me something. Do you know how many people go through Bible school and sit in the towns of all the Bible schools waiting for God to give them a calling? Because they won't read the Bible and say, oh, go into all the world and make disciples of all. Oh, let me do that. How about you just follow that one? Just, just go ahead and do that. We wait for these, because you know why? Because we've heard some impressive piece of person on TV or something say, oh, well, you don't want to miss God, you know. Listen, if you go and do Jesus, what Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. I'm not saying you have to become a fire-breathing evangelist. I'm just saying, I, I'm just saying, do the work of the ministry. Participate, send, pray, do what you're supposed to. You have got a gift in you. Find out what the gift is. Do it. You are the Jesus in the world. Christ. You are the anointed one. Christ. You are the anointed Christ. Oops. The, you are the anointed one. You are the Christ in the world right now. Man, I, 
Jesus help me do you get that I'm not saying that you're God but guess what we are co-heirs we hears agents on the world Christ in me the hope of glory how about this Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 after making purifications for sin he sat down this is talking about Jesus afterwards after making purifications for sin he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high that's what Jesus is doing right now he sat down <laughs> there was nothing more for him to do a finished work Jesus sat down he's given us his name his authority his blood his word he's given us all of these things it's up to us we are Christ's ambassadors I mentioned the scripture earlier 2nd Corinthians 5 all this is from verse 18 sorry 2nd Corinthians 5 18 all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry gave who us the ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself not counting men's trespasses against them did you catch that not counting men's trespasses against them what is the ministry of reconciliation not telling people God is holding their sin against them telling them God is not counting their trespass against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation therefore verse 20 we are we are ambassadors for Christ making his appeal making his appeal through us we implore you on behalf of Christ be reconciled be reconciled to Christ, to God gentle brothers and sisters <laughs> we we, we've got to if the body of Christ if you every one of us don't flicker and wake up with this truth the, the church will stay asleep but if you allow this truth to flicker and wake up in you and in others around if we can if we Lake Haven can let these truths and realize hold on a second it's up to me listen people if you I, I'm gonna say it again if you don't go and I'm gonna put it real practice if you don't go to your neighbor who will if you don't speak up who will if you don't go and visit somebody in prison who will we're, we're, we're it we're it I'm not saying that you have to do anything that's the other side of the everything you don't you don't have to do everything but you have to take your role and understand that I can be led by the Spirit of God I have Christ in me you see we, we mentioned this um, uh, and I'll, I'll go back up to well, I never gave you the scripture in the beginning but in 2nd in, uh, Corinthians um, I'm going to read in verse uh, chapter 3 2nd Corinthians first uh, chapter 3 it's talking about and I'm going to try and wrap this up here but remember it, it, well, I'm just going to read verse 7 now if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze on Moses's face because of its glory which was being brought to an end will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory for there was glory in the ministry of condemnation talking about the law the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory indeed in this case the ones that you hear many times the word glory is here in indeed in this case one, the, uh, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it for what was being brought to an end came with glory how much more that was what is permanent have glory do you get the glory piece here now uh, I'm going to now down in verse uh, 16 when one turns to the Lord it's talking about Moses where the veil is removed I guess I just have to give a bit of context remember the story of Moses is talking Moses 30 Exodus 33 and 4 Moses has God gets ticked off with Israel after he gives the first set of tablets remember the stone tablets they come down the mountain the first law they wanted law they got law they wanted to deal with God they said no 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 you just tell us what to do and God's like okay 
I'll show you. <laughs> here's the law. You want it? That's not what I wanted, but I'll work with what I've got. So here comes the tablets down the mountain, and Moses is like angry because they've already been making idols, smashes the law, blah, blah, blah. And God is ticked. He's like, I'm going to wipe them out. And God's like, whoa. And Moses is like, whoa, 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 whoa. He says, let's, let's talk about this. And, and so he says, God, you've got to lead these people, man. And, and it's, it's, a fun, it's a fun explanation of what, what's happening in this thing. So God says, okay, that's fine. And Moses says, listen, if you're going to lead them, show me your glory. Show me, show me, reveal to me your glory. I mentioned this last week. And he says, okay, I'll, I'll reveal my goodness to you. And then he, then he reestablishes the covenant. And, and, he gives, and Moses comes back up the mountain and he gives him the second set of tablets. And, and, and he talks to him. And, and, and he's, it says like Moses comes down and his face is glowing. People are scared of him because his face is, on, is this glowing thing. Of, it's just glowing. And so that he talks to the leaders and he's got to put this veil on. That's what it's talking about. This whole experience of the glory of God. And guess what the glory of God was? His his goodness. It was about how awesome and good God was. And so he comes down the mountain. And so it says here, just a little bit of context. So it's in verse 16. When one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. The veil that, 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 that hid the glory of God, the shininess. Now, with the, where, now the Lord is, the, is spirit. And when the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Some translations say, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. And that's what the word is. Reflecting. Guess who is in the reflection? You are. Beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. From one degree of glory to another. You and I, we aren't going to be there today or tomorrow. But we can walk towards this. Step at a time, glory to glory. What is glory again? It's his view and opinion. Not yours. Not mine. His. Be prepared to adopt and to take on his view and opinion. Amen. He, his view and opinion, his glory. You have Christ in you. The very hope, the very hope of his view and opinion for the world. Amen. If we will fire this up, if we will become, listen, if we will realize this is, this is kind of, I, as I was meditating on this, man, I was like, Lord Jesus, that makes me responsible. Because if I don't, and that's what partnership is. When we partner with people and we support other ministries and we, when you support the church, you're, you're partnering with us. But, but don't, your partnership, I don't want it to be disconnected. I think we can get so disconnected from our finances that we think that we're paying the church to do something. No, we can partner together and, and sure, you, you know, there's an element of, of giving tithes and so on and partnering with people like Andrew Womack or other ministers that, that are doing work or evangelists. When Nate, you know, we partner with Nate and we, we support Nate and uh, doing, when, when Nate goes to parts in Africa or he goes to Brazil or goes to other parts in, in, in wherever, we get to partner with him. There, there's that element of partnership that our money is part of that. But, but don't disconnect from this piece that you feel like, you know what, if I just write a check, whew, I've done my bit. You see how easy that is? Especially now online. Let me just go online. Oh, tick. I've done. Thank God for, thank God for supporting other ministries. We need those ministers. We all need the money for this gospel to go forth. But don't disconnect from this truth that Christ in you, you are it. You are it. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Holy Spirit, that you take a, re a, a mystery that was once hidden for ages and generations 
and that this mystery is literally internalized. I want you this morning, as your eyes are closed, just think about your physical body. I gave you a bunch of scriptures today, truth that you can meditate on. It says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Christ in you, he dwells in you. Thank God that we're together. Thank God we can encourage one another. But I want you to know that you are both qualified and way more than qualified, you are powerful. You are powerful because you are the extension of Christ in this world. Your hands, your mouth, your authority, his name, his word in your mouth. In your body, in your mouth. Just just soak in that in a second. What does that mean to me? What will I what will I how will it change the way I pray? Those are good questions to ask yourself. And the Holy Spirit, whenever he talks to you or, or you have a thought in a moment like this, I encourage you, write it down. Put it in a prayer journal, write it on a heart note card, bring your prayer journal with you, whatever it is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are powerful. Thank you, Lord. That, and we know that you hug us, you love us that you're calling us to awaken to the power that's within us. <laughs> Christ in us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that we awaken to these truths. Are you willing to let your heart surrender and yield to that? Just make that decision because I do believe that as you make that, that decision, just say, Lord, I will. It won't just happen today. But allow it tonight when you go to sleep. Allow it for the next week, month, years to come. To dawn on your heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.